Hey ladies and gents, welcome or welcome back to Real Talk with She the Dime. I'm your host, Deanna Holiday, and welcome back to season two. Let's get right into this episode. Real Talk with She the Dime is an outlet where we prioritize self-improvement, healing, new perspectives, with a splash of hot topics. Hey y'all, welcome or welcome back to Real Talk with Shiva Dime. I'm your host, Dion Holiday, and I'm here with a special guest. Maya Noel. This is my second time on here. <laughs> yes, she's a returning guest, and y'all loved her so much. She's our top two favorite episodes. So I'm gonna give it up for her because she we had a great discussion. So yes, so today we'll be talking about what it costs changing your financial spending and bad habits, Black women. So let's get into like a reintroduction of who you are and what your plans are. Okay, so like I said, I'm Maya. I was on here um, sometime last year. I can't really remember the episode, but um, I am a recent college graduate, graduated in December a business major with a concentration in economics, and I landed my full-time job, which was actually my dream job, like exactly what I wanted to do. And I start that job next week, so highly recommend that you take a break after you graduate so you can travel and kind of get your mental space together. So yeah, I'm excited to be in this episode today because it's directly in the field that I'll be working in since I'll be working as a financial analyst. Okay, okay. Okay, so <laughs> let's do some couple icebreakers I have. What what's your favorite place to shop? Um, honestly I don't do a lot of shopping in person and to be quite honest, I spend most of my money on food. But when I do like have any shopping to do, I buy pretty much everything off Amazon. Whether it's like beauty products, household items, or just things I want to buy on Amazon. But um, I think because I have that background in like finance, I'm not like an impulsive spender. So I would say Amazon is my favorite place to shop. Same. (laughs) Same. I love doing like, I love skincare products. Oh my God. Yeah, I spend a lot of money on skincare products. And hair too, and hair products. What's the most memorable place you have traveled so far? Um, the most memorable place, um, well, this year I went to different states, but I went out of the country to Trinidad and Tobago, which is actually where my parents and sisters are from. Unfortunately, I was the only one that was born in Arizona. So yeah, but that, that was the most memorable time because I went during carnival which if you're not familiar with that it's like a huge festival that is done before lent and the food is amazing we were partying literally like every day every night and i was there for a month and we were it was crazy it was a lot so i definitely enjoyed my time over there okay okay so let's so we're going to do a life update so starting with you, Maya, reflecting on your life, respect, no, reflecting 
on your life postgraduate and what's up next in your the next five years for you okay so well like i kind of talked about a little bit um college was a lot i first of all i graduated early half the time was doing classes online i always was taking summer classes. I was always working, doing internships. So I did a lot, and on top of that, I did a lot of clubs, which I was highly involved in. So post grad life, it was it brought me like a lot of peace to finally be done with homework. It was a little weird being able to sleep in and be like, you know, I don't have homework. And then I did work um, when I went back home just to save up money since I had to move out and relocate for this job literally across the country again and had to start over. So I think the best thing that post-grad life has brought me was like more time to focus on myself. I got to, like, I lost a few pounds. I got to focus on my mental health, my physical health, create habits and also reflect on what I want to do next. So um, my plan is to um, work, um, a lot. <laughs> I have time to do overtime. So I'm going to be working a lot, uh, saving money, investing my money. Like this is a very good paying job. So I'm pretty much set. And after I get my licenses done, I'll be making even more money. I'll already be at the six figure mark, which is amazing. And then on top of that, um, they do pay for my master's. So I'm going to get my master's. I want to do it at least next year, the year after that. Um, Cause I don't want to, one thing I learned that I did was I would overextend myself, and that's not good for your mental health. And plus, your master's is a totally different ballgame in comparison to your undergrad. So I'm not going to do too much. I want to focus on perfecting the job first, and then I think after that, I'll go to school. And by then, that's already two years down the line. So three years after that, um, I think I just... Well, yeah, so I'll have my master's program. That'll be another two years. So basically, in four years, I will have my master's, be really good at my job, doing all this stuff. Um, my goal is to have a house by 25 as well, if not 25, 26. Right now is not the best time to buy one, but we'll see what happens in the next few years. And I think I will stay on the East Coast unless another opportunity presents itself because I kind of go with the flow. Um, that's really my main goals right now because I already know I'm good at saving money. I'm good at investing money. So I want to learn more about that and just be able to travel. Like my main thing is I want to like master the corporate side of things so that I can be prepared when I do have my own businesses on the side. That's a whole other thing to think about. But right now is just getting established, saving money and learning from like what other companies are doing. Um, I think my main goal is to eventually like have my own wealth management firm, which is probably going to be, I don't know, like maybe 10 years mm -hmm. down the line, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> okay. We see you. Yeah. We see you. So for me, um, so this is season two. Uh, we abruptly stopped recording. <laughs> So update for me, it is I'm in Detroit for an internship at Rocket Mortgage. Um, I'll be spending my summer in operations, learning from administrative leadership and working with special project managers and presidents of divisional vice 
vice president and anyone in direct contact with direct contact with other presidents and higher ups and CEOs. So yes, I am here in Detroit. Um, let's see. I've been here for five weeks now. Five weeks today, yeah, five weeks today. And I've met some wonderful people the last two weeks. I met I found my tribe. Um it the journey has been up and down, it's been crazy, but I've overall learned a lot and I'm going to use this in my future. So I can't complain too much. That's good. That's good. Can't complain too much. <laughs> so let's get right into the topic. What what it calls segment. So the let's define rich and wealthy. Okay. That is like one of my favorite topics because everyone says they want to be rich, but it's like, do you actually know what that means? To me, and I've heard this from other people too, let's say, okay, so like there's certain rappers or celebrities, they may be rich, but a lot of rich people, what I have seen is they are the ones that are flaunting their designer, flaunting their gold chains, whatnot. They may have bought like a house in cash and blah, blah, blah. But if you ask them about their like financial intelligence, they don't know. And I think wealth is where you're able to pass things down and you're able to have a lot of investments that are working for themselves. Somebody who is rich is actively working for the money, whereas someone that's wealthy is having the money work for them. So what I want to get to is being wealthy, where I have my investments, I have diversified income, so I'm not depending on one stream of income. Um, and that's where I would like to be. And I think that's where everyone needs to be. Um, cause you can even see there have been a lot of like celebrities or even like athletes that they became rich, meaning like they had a lot of money more than the average person and then they lose it in one go. Or, you know, you hear stories about people that win the lottery and then they lose everything because they don't know how to manage their money. So a wealthy person is either an expert in money themselves or they hire an expert and they actually know how to manage the money. Yeah. Okay, that was that was a great <laughs> definition. Like you did that. <laughs> okay, so which is more sustainable to you, and why? You actually covered it well, a little bit, but like in depth uh -huh. about like generational wealth. Like how can that be incorporated so, or generated? I think we all know. Yeah, yeah. So I think we all know that being wealthy is obviously more sustainable um, because if you're someone that has never had like the knowledge on how to manage money, if you get a large amount of money, you're not going to know like what to do with it. And someone that's rich, again, if you don't have your things in investments, then how are you going to pass that down to the people that are coming after you? So when you build generational wealth, which everyone is talking about, it's basically saying no matter what happens, like if someone suddenly passes away or if you suddenly lose everything, you did all your due diligence to prepare yourself financially. If it comes to like a will, life insurance, investments, and not just like stocks and stuff, like even just like a savings account or a high yield savings account, but different kinds of investments that can easily be given to someone, whether that's like your child or your family members. Um, 
So I think wealth is the most sustainable. Um, it's definitely going to take more work to be wealthy than to just be rich because anybody can just get a large amount of money. But if you don't know how to use it and you don't know how to keep it, then you are not ever going to reach a stage of wealth. Okay. Yeah. So my, my demographic age range is 16 through majority I think 25 I have some people in my in their 30s so but what would you say for the young ladies and men that are trying to achieve wealth like how would you go about go about it or any like any advice for them okay so I would say well, not a lot of us can prepare for it all the time, but I would say get involved in learning about personal finance as early as you can. I had like a formal introduction to it when I was 17. Um, my senior year of high school, we had a financial literacy class. And that's where I realized like, this is something I wanna be involved in, not only to like help my family, but to help other people that may not have the resources to get there. So the biggest thing I would say is Surprisingly, a lot of people within that age range, like especially if you're like 16, don't have their own bank account and they may just be using their parents' money and they never got the chance to manage their own money. So I would say, you know, of course, be mindful, open your own bank account if you don't have one already. And then a step further, you know, after you're doing your research, try to bank with a credit union because they have higher savings rates. Once you're comfortable with that and you have a job or you're doing side hustles, however you get your money, get a secured credit card because you probably don't have credit yet unless your parents put you as an authorized user. Get a secured credit card, build your credit so that you, you'll be able to get a car note, you can get um, a house, you know, important decisions like that. Make sure you have credit because you do need to have a good credit score. And after a while with your secured credit card, you'll be able to get an actual credit card where the money is not attached to your savings account. Um, I would say that's my biggest thing in learning how to budget. And we live in a world where we have the internet. So definitely use budgeting apps. Like one is called Rocket Money. Another one is called Mint. And then um, some banking apps, like for your specific bank or credit union, have ways you can like create your own budget system and see what you're doing. And a lot of them send like e-statements, unless you prefer to see that in the mail. So I think in summary, the first thing you want to do is have a bank account, get a secure credit card, then credit card, and learn how to actually budget your money and actually see what you're spending. Because the biggest mistake that I know I made when I first started with all of this is like, you may not think you have areas to improve it financially, but everybody does. So it's especially if you have specific savings goals and you know that you can um, basically sacrifice certain things to get there, then I think that's the best thing that you can do. Yeah. Okay. So is investing in yourself a good option to create wealth? Yes, absolutely. And that's a great thing because investing in yourself doesn't always have to just be like skincare and all that stuff. Investing in yourself is knowledge. So like, for example, for me, I have so many personal finance books and that's what has given me a foundation. And I did pay for courses. I have a mentor, which 
yes, that's free, but at the same time, it's like I'm putting in a lot of time and effort. It's taking time away from the things I'm doing, but in a good way. So that's investing in myself. Um, and also just trying to be a part of organizations if you're on campus or even in your high school. Try to be a part of organizations where you're going to have a network of people where you're all working towards, you know, becoming better with money or whatever the case is. So I think you have to invest in yourself because then who else is going to teach you, you know, like this is your life. And a lot of people think someone is just going to save them from, you know, the stuff they're going through. And you have to learn to do it yourself. You can't depend on your parents or your partner to take care of your money, especially from a woman's perspective, you know, historically, we weren't given the advantage to learn about finances, which is another reason why I'm in this field. And you don't want to have to depend on a man or your partner to set you up financially when you can just invest in yourself and learn how to do these things yourself. So you don't have to depend on anybody because we've seen times, um, even in my family, I've seen it where a woman knows nothing about finances and then they separate from their partner and they're left alone. They have nothing left to their name because they were just depending on one person. That is the last thing that we want to happen. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so what are some bad habits that can hinder you or limit your ability to create wealth? Some bad habits. Um, I kind of mentioned this. I think the biggest thing is not even acknowledging that there are things you need to work on financially. Like for me, especially if I just have my debit card or my credit card, it's so easy to just swipe your card. Mm-hmm. Once you start to look at your e-statements, you're like, I spent how much last week? I spent how much this year? On Take your card off your Apple Pay. Oh, I get off. The thing is, I... I I literally just added my car today because I have to, because I'll be taking the train to work. That's the only reason that's (laughs) on there. But I knew for me, like, I don't want to have to use that for everything. So I would say that's one thing that can hinder you if you just swipe your card blindly and you don't even look. So a trick I have for that is to keep cash on me sometimes because um, I learned in my econ class in high school, like, if you have physical money in your hand, you're more likely. Well, you're more likely to not spend it because you can feel it, you can see it, whereas your car, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to swipe my car, I'm going to swipe my car. But if I have, like, $50 cash in my purse, I'm not going to want to spend that $50. Like, you know? So that's something that has worked for me. Um, And also, I would say just people, when they don't take accountability, that's when it's really hard to be responsible with your money. So... That's one thing. I think the main thing, like the reason we're talking about this stuff is just not having the knowledge and not wanting to know because a lot of people, whether you're a woman and you think, oh, well, only men know about investing or only men know how to manage this and it's not my place to do that, then you are going to be left behind, especially with the the, um, time that we are in right now. And just depending on other people, it's going to hold you back. So. Yeah, I would say those are the main things that can interview. See, for me, when I take out, okay, when I leave my credit, my card at home, and I only have a budget, a set budget in, that I actually put it in cash. Once I'm, once that money is gone, like if I have a hundred dollars for a week, or like seventy five something for a week, 
That's all I have to spend. Like, that's how I save money. So, that's how I save money. It's like, you know how people be having those budgeting checks? And they just put their money mm-hmm. for the week in each pocket? I feel like that's how I yeah. do it. So, just finding your way that fits you. But we are about to go on break. So, I'll call you in a few minutes. <laughs> If you're okay. not the right person, I'll do that to mess up your life. <laughs> For real. Okay, so let's get back into it. Has social media increasing women? Let me actually read this question again. Has social media media increasingly shown a positive or negative correlation towards wealth? Honestly, from my experience, I have seen a positive correlation because I think one of my initial like introductions to personal finance was through social media. And I was lucky enough to be introduced by all this stuff by black women in finance, which is also huge reasons why I joined this because again, well, first of all, the statistic for women in finance is very low. I think it's like 40% or 30%, something like that. And then for black women in finance is like less than 20%. So to be able to learn from women is a huge thing for me. Um, and social media, like TikTok, Reels, YouTube, mainly YouTube, I learned about finances and all that stuff and kind of taught myself from watching black women on social media. And um, another thing to mention, um, if you're into social media and you don't want to read a book or something and you want to learn this stuff, there is a podcast called Financial Feminist. And she also has a book. She just wrote a book. I definitely bought her book. It's literally right behind me. I read it today. Um, and she also posts on TikTok and Instagram. She's an amazing story. She um, Her salary was only like 40K or 50K um, when she was in her 20s. And she managed to save $100,000 by 25 in two years because she saved 27 percent of each of her paychecks which doesn't sound like a lot but it adds up and i like her because she's preaching about how you don't have to restrict yourself like you don't have to say oh i'm not gonna have my starbucks because five dollars a day yes it adds up but that's not going to impact you as much as you think it is that's one of those like financial myths she's saying the whole point of it is that you're supposed to have a budgeting plan for yourself and hold yourself accountable. So she's basically saying you can, once you have the discipline and you pay yourself first and you put your investments, you do all that before you go and spend that money on that Starbucks, then you're going to be fine. So I highly recommend that. But um, yeah, I learned a lot of my stuff through social media. But of course, do your own research. They're, the only negative things I've seen is like, you know, a lot of people that are trying to take advantage of people with like get rich quick schemes or telling you like, you need to invest in this, this, and this. Um, I remember over quarantine, I kind of fell into that trap. I was following this French man, this black French man who's like a billionaire who I found out was like a fraud, paid for one of his classes. I invested in this crypto stuff that he told me to do. And guess who lost money? Me and several other people. So I think also don't put all your faith in one person on social media. Do your research and watch multiple people. Credibility is important. Credibility mm-hmm. is important. Okay, so yeah. reflecting on how your cur oh okay. Reflecting on how we are currently 
finding our ways to create wealth. So that's for both of us. We're both to both reflect on how we're okay. creating wealth right now. So, um, well, right now, um, well, I've always been able to save money, but the farther you get into this, you realize saving money is just the first part. So you go from saving money to saving money for specific reasons. Do you have an emergency fund? An emergency fund is your savings account that should last you six to 12 months of your expenses. So if something happened to you, you have that money already to prepare yourself. So right now you need to focus on building that for yourself just in case anything happens. And then to take it a step further is instead of a normal savings account, bank with a credit union. To take that even further, have a high yield savings account. So I have a high yield savings account where the interest that I'm earning is 15 times the national average. So that, um, to take that a step further, then you go into like a CD account, which is called a certificate of deposit account, which is around the same interest rates, but that's where you basically dump a large sum of money and leave it, and you're not allowed to take that money out and let the interest build it up. Um, I actually just helped my dad do that the other day. And then to take that a step further, get an investment account, like a brokerage account, or if you are with an employer, get um, like a Roth IRA, a 401k. Well, a Roth IRA is like an individual one. So if you are self-employed or you're not employed, there are different ways to do. Um, and then if you are an entrepreneur, there's a specific one for that as well. So there's individual retirement accounts, then there's ones affiliated with your employer. So those are all things that I'm actively doing. I have a brokerage account. I have a high yield savings account. Um, I'm setting up my 401k tomorrow actually for my job and that money is your money. So when you retire, you have that. And I'm not even thinking about retirement. I'm just thinking about just in the future in general, um, because you know, my plan is not to work corporate that long until I'm like 65, definitely going to have my own business and be able to travel and have freedom. But in order to do that, I need to set those things up, which I'm doing right now. And then. Um, also, through my job, I'm opening a life insurance policy that's going to help to build wealth. And I just I have multiple accounts so that um, I'm always going to be financially prepared. And then I'm still actively learning. So this job, I'll be able to basically become an expert in this field. So as I'm helping other people, I'm also helping myself because I'm constantly learning. So that's what I'm doing right now to build wealth. Okay, okay. So similar to you, I'm actively learning. I am, I have my saving account. I have multiple different types of saving accounts. Um, right now, I have my Acorn account that combines stocks and bonds. Um, I do a little crypto with that, a little bit. I'm still trying to understand that part. Um, that's for right now. I'm still young, so... Um, I am looking into IRAs though, because I do want, I am an entrepreneur, so IRAs will be very important to me. So that's, I'm just beginning my journey at this point. Girl, that's good, because when I was your age, I was just starting as well. I feel like I'm still even just starting since I'm now getting like a full-time job, but all of this stuff is going to be important to us because some of our parents and our family members if they would have had this information, we probably would have all had more money, but it's not their fault. Like this stuff is generally, especially for the black community, generally not passed down to us. So one thing I've learned 
about like people of other ethnicities, specifically whites, a reason why a lot of them have wealth and there's this huge wealth gap is because they actually pass their knowledge down. Instead of, and I was actually talking to my sister about this the other day. So for example, what I've seen a lot in the black community is once somebody makes it out or whatever you want to call it, they have that money, they don't know what to do with it and they hold on to it. They don't want to help anybody else out because they're scared and they're stuck in fear and they feel like that money's going to go away. Also tying your, tying your basically like your value to the amount of money that you have is very deadly. And I think that's why a lot of us are not willing to give out that money once we get there. And that's being rich. That's not being wealthy. A wealthy person um, passes the knowledge down, passes the money down and has a plan so that if something happens or even just while this person is still alive, they are actively helping their family. Not saying that you are, um, like your family is entitled to all your money or anything like that. Obviously not. You don't want to get taken advantage of, but mm -hmm. you should care for the next generation of people so that we can keep the process going, you know? I feel like as black people, we have a lot of trauma tied to money. And yeah. it takes a long time to break those barriers when it comes to, like, changing the mindset. Like, we have to... A lot of people, like, they just trying to, they're just trying to make and meet a lot of people in the black community. We're just trying to make it. And we're all in this hustle culture all the time, which we yeah. only, we only get to one part. We get either you achieve the, you get the money, you get the bag, then you save the bag, but don't invest in it. Don't invest it, so where's the money gonna go? And you're losing money. You're losing potential money where it could have been like even if you just put in a high yield savings account, you could be getting that money back through interest just by putting your money in that account. Like yesterday actually, I literally set up two of my cousins here and my aunt because they all didn't have that account. And these are adults that didn't even know that this existed, and I'm teaching them, and I'm teaching my parents and my sister, so it's like that just shows you how one person having access to knowledge and passing it down is helping a whole community of people. So if one person can do it, multiple people can do it and we can actually help our community. That's as simple as that is. And another thing is I've learned, black people, we are coming off of this mindset of individuality because we're like, I feel like a lot of times it get pushed on us. So we have to do everything by ourselves. We can't trust, we can't trust nobody at this point. And always have to have that fear behind it. It makes us not come together and teach each other what, what each other knows. And I feel like the other race, other ethnicities, they don't have to deal with that. They have literally a community. They don't have to worry about half the trauma that we have dealt with and that's why they're able yeah. to pass it on with like open arms so. yeah you're you're absolutely right because i was talking to my sister about this the other day too like exactly what you said we are thinking individually and not collectively like i have two nephews and a niece and the oldest one is nine i was telling my sister i'm like does he have his own account and this was like last year. She didn't have an account for him. Now he has a savings account, which is just to start. So I'm like, you know what? Let's build a habit, saving money, putting it aside for him that he does not access yet. And then as I grow knowledge and learn more about which accounts to put that in, 
I want to make sure my nephew is set up. So once he's 18, he has money where he can decide if he wants to go to college, mm -hmm. if he wants to start a business, he can decide whatever he wants. And because I have that knowledge, of course, I'm going to pass that down to my sister because I want the people coming after me to be set up financially. Because imagine what your life would look like if you didn't have to worry about finances or if you had more options because you had the money to do so. Like, that's what I want more Black people to experience. So I think for me, it's very empowering to see other Black people doing it and just people of color in general because we literally had a system that was not created for us to become wealthy or, you know, besides being an athlete or a rapper or an entertainer, they Pop do not culture. want you to be in those. Yeah, they don't want you to be in those other fields. So, yeah, just the fact that we are already in this position and we're learning is is very good. So, so wrapping up this part one of the series, what would you, what would you tell your younger self when it came to finances? I would tell my younger self to. I would say start earlier, like take it more serious a little earlier, which I mean, I think I did a pretty good job. I was like 16. Um, but that was, that's, that's pretty much what I told myself. And also to save even more money. And I'm telling you, I'm a pretty good saver. Anytime I get paid, I always pay myself first 10 to 20%. Um, so I would say, but I feel like when I was like 17, like, what was I spending my money on? I didn't have a car and I was just working. I feel like I should have saved like 50% of each of my paychecks, honestly. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that money would be gone now, but, um, I would say I should have saved a little bit more in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree because I'm thinking back, I was literally working since I was 16. No, my first job, it was at 14. I actually budgeted my money when I was 14 because that was like a youth work summer job. So I only had like eight weeks to save money. So I actually did save. But once I turned 16 and actually had a full-time job working 40 hours, still in high school, why would I waste my money? I've learned like I wasted so much money. I think I have spent it food, um, clothes, food and clothes, I swear. <laughs> the biggest yeah. things I've ever spent money on. Which I know I should have been saving that. I, I shouldn't have even been eating all that. Like That wasn't even healthy for myself. That wasn't even healthy. <laughs> and it's okay because I think it's better to notice these habits now and change it rather than you're an adult and you bought all of this stuff and wow, where'd my money go? Like, so you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we live and we learn and we get better over time. If you're accountable. Yeah. If you're accountable, yes. If you're not and you live in your own world, hmm, I give you a I'ma pray for you for that. I'ma pray for you. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining. Do you wanna drop your social media so you can they can follow you or like just anywhere? So I've been as active on social media right now because I've been very busy the last couple of months. But my Instagram is Maya XXOO underscore and my name is spelled M-A-Y-A. I also have a YouTube channel and TikTok and it's just called Maya's Mission. So that's where you can find me. Period. 
Well, you already know, and you're about to hear my outro, so I'll see y'all next week. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Bye. Thanks for watching another episode of Real Talk with Sheila Dime. I'm your host, Dion Holiday. And again, if you would like to stay connected with us, please follow at SheilaDime.co on Instagram. And you will see my link tree down below. And you can connect to me on my personal Instagram and all my social media from there. Thank you.